Well, hello and welcome back to Fearless Questions, where we follow our questions to freedom. I am your host, Jeff Blackburn, and today, from across the pond, we have our friend, Allie Barrett. Allie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, really good. I've had a long run that I did this morning, so I'm slightly tired, but I'm doing okay. And, and when you say a long run, tell tell people how long long is, because this is beyond long as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, uh, I'm training for the London Marathon, so I did a 20-mile run this morning, which was kind of stretching the, you know, yeah, stretching the distance a bit. It was good. It's part of a training program, so it's not like I've suddenly done 20 miles. Yeah, I, I kind of run anyway, so <laughs> of it. Well, if I did 20 <laughs> miles, I'd ne- I would be recording here live from the hospital because <laughs> that would not work for me. How far out to your marathon? Uh, I think it's five weeks. Yeah, okay. five weeks to go. Is this your first one? First marathon, yeah. I've done some half marathons, but this is the first long Full distance, half uh, full distance marathon. So cool, so cool. Well, um, Ali, uh, let's just so people know who who you are and what you're up to. You are a uh, sort of a lifetime artist. Is it fair to to describe you as that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, although I, I haven't always felt that I was practicing as an artist all my life. I feel like I have been an artist all my life. Okay. Well, why yeah. don't you just kind of give us, if you would. A little bit of background um, towards how you, you know, got into art, some of the things um, and some of the things that you've sort of done with it over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, I sort of, I guess I felt as a child as if I was, I felt like I was an artist, but I didn't really know what that meant. You know, I just felt like it's only looking back that I can think, well, how I was being was I was kind of acting like an artist, you know, I was fascinated with the world and playing and being creative. I loved making things and I had this massive urge to want to be able to draw. That was my biggest sort of driving thing, I suppose. And throughout school, I just kind of, I just really wanted to puzzle out, how do you draw? What is, you know, how can I draw something? (laughs) Um, And then I suppose I didn't really follow it as a, um, a thing that you can do because I think I was still under this assumption that being an artist was like a a sort of it wasn't like a job you could do it was it was a fantasy it was a sort of uh, you know a, you had to kind of go out and get a proper job sort of thing you had to find some way of earning money to pay for things you know you so like it, it never really occurred to me that it was okay to just pursue being an artist until a bit later on yeah well when you say a bit later on um how uh how later on are you talking about so is this i mean when did you make it all the way through your early days of schooling without without pursuing art in a serious way i mean i well i when i was at school i did do you know the normal kind of exams i took art as an option and i did an art exam and i did an art a level um, not very successfully, I have to say, you know, I didn't, really, <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. And, and it was only really around about the age of 18, I sort of felt a bit lost. And I didn't really want to carry on doing my A-levels. I dropped out of, of uh, my sixth form. 
and um, and I took a year out and I had a job and I just remember being in this shop so I had a job in a shop and I just remember seeing all these art students walking up the high street of the town that I grew up in and knowing that that's where I wanted to be I just wanted to be one of them you know I knew that that was where I needed to be and I could see them walking up with their kind of portfolios and their little boxes that had all their art materials in and it was it was like a sort of moment of yeah that's what I got to do so I I gave up my job and applied to do what's called a foundation course and um, that's like a year of lots of different types of art you kind of cram it into a year to to sort of see which area of art you want to go into and my experience of doing that course so I got into the course and my experience of doing that was just um, that again I felt like there was this uh, there were various different disciplines so you could do things like graphic design and illustration you could do fashion design you could do uh, three-dimensional design I think was one of them or photography and fine art and there was this thing called fine art and I just thought oh you know that's a bit scary so I decided that I would um, take the sort of illustration graphic design option because it was what I thought was what you should do you know because it leads to a job it leads to mm. some kind of employment as an artist so even then I was still thinking that that was how you had to be and this idea of fine art I didn't really understand it I didn't really know what it was exactly mm. and so then I applied to do a degree in art and again I just went for a graphic design degree and I managed to get myself onto this course even though my portfolio and everything I was doing was not really appropriate I just I I was able to kind of I was very persuasive I think and got onto this degree now when you say persuasive you weren't like physically threatening anybody right <laughs> no, not exactly. I'd heard that the head of the course was really into kind of color theory and um, the psychology of color and that there were certain colors that were more likely to you you know you'd be in favor <laughs> with this person <laughs> if you wore certain colors so I remember wearing and being very purposeful about what I wore and how I spoke and what I drew attention to in my portfolio so I I knew how to kind of get my way onto this course hmm. and managed to and I think they found it quite amusing actually I think they could sort of see it and they could uh and they probably just thought, well, you know, let's. <laughs> let's <give her> a <laughs> if she cares enough to to go to this trouble, then let's let's give her a shot. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that was when. I, so I ended up on this degree, but I mean, before that, I'd had a yeah some some other sort of pivotal things that were happening in my life before I got to the degree. Um, are they like, no? There there are other things going on that that were pivotal in terms of you deciding to to press forward into pursuing art? Well, um, I don't know. I guess I was sort of doing, I was, I was on this trajectory, if that's what you want to call it. You know, I, you know, I was kind of, I knew I was heading towards doing this, having, having taken that option. Um, but alongside it, I think there was this other kind of significant stuff. Like my mum was very ill at the time that I applied to go away um, to do this degree so I was um, I was kind of dealing with that at the same time she mm. discovered that she had cancer so I was having to leave home and I'd at that point had a sort of very um, 
significant sort of experience of their possibly being a god you know I was like a sort of it was a bit of a revelation that I felt this massive presence in my life um during a very significant time so that sort of happened alongside me going away to college hmm. so there were these two threads that were sort of running side by side yeah now did you have any sort of faith tradition that your family came out of yeah i mean we'd um my mum and dad were both you know what they they were both believers you know they were completely um yeah convinced about god and had gone to church sporadically but my dad had had a a weird experience of of his um faith really he'd he was quite radical and he had quite forward ideas and i think the church that he was part of um he was rejected by a couple of churches because he kind of had these ideas about uh oh you know um gifts of the spirit or like re- <laughs> like the things that are, are for real you know rather than being just religious things he was really he just wanted things to be real and alive and progressive you know and 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 kind of thrown out for that so i grew up not knowing really whether or not you know i didn't really know that my parents were kind of christians although i don't even like using that word but they were they were they were believers you know really okay. believers but um i didn't go to church as a child um i sort of did sometimes and i had a cousin who was very much you know their family were very much into going to church and we used to go at christmas and so it was sort of around um but i feel like i had a very strong sense of god before that you know i think this whole going back to being a child and being an artist i think for me i felt like as a child i felt this very strong sense of there being something beyond and through nature and through kind of looking towards yeah looking looking to nature was the thing that kind of made me think well, there must be something beyond this so i was kind of aware of there being a presence of god so you, had, you there was an awakening in your spirit from just even being out in nature you could sense there was some connection of of something bigger than than what everybody else was talking about even yeah yeah okay. Well, and then just one other question: How far away was was your um, was the program you were going into from home? Because I don't know, like when you were leaving and your mom was sick, you said, um, was it close by or was this a pretty decent distance away that you were going to be going? Yeah, well, it was about probably an hour's journey in the car, which probably <laughs> to an American doesn't seem that far away, <laughs> like popping out to the shops. Yeah. <laughs> But to me then, you know, it was properly leaving home. I mean, it was, you know, going away from home. And I guess part of the culture that we have now in the UK and, you know, when I guess it's a sort of popular thing now that our children kind of leave home to go to university or to go to college, don't they? So it was at that stage I was going away mm. and leaving home. I was making that first step to leaving home. Wow. So did... Um, how I mean, you said your mom had cancer. Um, how long did that last? I mean, what's th- so you went off to university and um, mm. so how did that play out? Well, um, 
what it what it did really was it made me I'd, I I was absolutely devastated when she told me the news and um and it was literally kind of six weeks I think or something like that before I was due to go it may have been even it was about three weeks possibly and my sister was away so I didn't have my sister around my brother had already left home it was just kind of it was just me mm. and my mum and my dad kind of coping with this um, devastating news and um that was the point where I just felt like okay I'd, I'd been sort of going to a church for a while with my mum and my sister and had got to a point where I felt like, does God really exist? What is this about? Nothing's changed. My life hasn't changed. I don't think he's really there. This is just, you know, this is meaningless. And then this happened. So, you know, the devastating news. And I knew then that the only thing I could do was to pray, I suppose. I just felt like I needed to say, look, what are you going to do now? Are you there, God? Mm. And, um, and I felt this huge sense of relief and joy and hope. And it was a, a really, I don't know how else to explain it, really, just that I felt, well, that was sort of the first sign of, of evidence that there was, you know, that God cared about this and that he was in this with us and that we were going to be okay. So I prayed with my mum when I got home from work the day that she told me, and I, I, you know, that was that was the beginning of a sort of a real bond, I suppose, of through this illness, and um, and she she got better from that first kind of bout of it. So she had to go in and have a sort of quite a she had to have an operation, and um, I sort of looked after her briefly when she came out of hospital, and then I went off to college while she was recovering and going through radiotherapy. But um, I, it was very much part of my whole thing of leaving home and meeting new people. And, and what I wanted to do when I got to art college, the people I was seeking out most were other people who might relate to what I'd just been through in the sense that there was possibly a God. So I sort of looked for the Christian Union thinking, First of all, thinking, well, there's not going to be one of those in an art college. They're all going to be taking drugs and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sort of debauched place. Why do I think there might be some Christians here? <laughs> but there were, and they were absolutely amazing, wonderful, you know, fun, crazy people that I'm, you know, still uh, in touch with and and great lifelong friends and we had a bit of a crazy journey together you know you're sort of between the ages of kind of 19 and maybe 22 23 or having left home having these things happen to us but it was a really wonderful time actually and I felt really well looked after by them and by just we, we kind of got involved in this church that was very very welcoming to us as art students and um allowed us to get really properly involved in community things so even though we were away from home we were actually allowed to do things like make meals for people when they just had a baby and stuff like that we were really part of the church oh, cool. part of the community so that had a massive impact on my time at college um, and I also met the person that was going to become my husband later on so so Mark, you, know, you and Mark went to the same school 
We did, yeah. So I met Mark um, the first day I started looking for this Christian union. There was this guy standing by the door of seminar room two, which is what I'd seen on the poster. That's where I thought I was meant to be going. And he was just standing there telling people that the room had changed. And uh, so he took me up to the, the new room where the meeting was going to take place. And, um, yeah, that was that was the first time I sort of bumped into him. And so he was just standing there posing and looking pretty. <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> i have this image of him just doing his best james dean with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth <laughs> uh so you so you and mark connected there mark's an artist also so yeah. you guys were in the program together yeah okay yes yeah, so the year above me actually but he was on a different course so he was doing fine art this weird thing that i still didn't really know you know what it was kind of it was a big a bit of a scary freestyle thing that people did and I was on this graphic design course so um yeah so I was kind of introduced to fine art by the a lot of the people that I was connecting with were were also doing fine art and they were a year ahead of me because I was although I'm the same age as Mark because I'd taken a couple of years out in the sort of educational wilderness uh, whilst I found my direction. Um, I, yeah, then, then I kind of joined college a bit later than they did. Well, I appreciate you kind of walking me through this because I think this is helpful just to hear the, um, the real life kind of progression of how one, um, finds their way into, um, I don't know if you want to say a calling in life or, what you feel made to do. And so, um, so this is, I think this is meaningful for folks to hear the, the kind of real life progression here. And so you're at this program and, um, you meet Mark there and I don't know what point you guys knew that you were going to end up being partners someday, but, um, how did that kind of, as you came out of, of school, um, did the art, did you stick with it right away or did you set it aside again or did you begin to practice immediately? Um, so, so after we left, so actually we got married after two years of being at college. Well, I'd been there for, for two years, um, and he graduated that year, and then we got married. And then I carried on at college for a couple of years after we were married. And then he, so, and he was actually um, <laughs> working with some people from church who were really kind and, and gave him work as a painter and decorator. So... Uh, ironically, you know, that's what you do when you've got a fine art degree. <laughs> you <laughs> become a painter and decorator. But he did some building work and stuff like that and and kept us going. And I, I lost my grant because um, we had grants in those days, not loans. But um, I I lost it because I, I then changed courses. So after the two years of doing graphic design where I'd uh, failed abysmally, I was – I just – I kept being criticized and, um, I mean, humiliated in front of a whole group of people. It was a really horrible couple of years. Mm. And then I changed course, having got married to Mark and got to know all these wonderful sort of fine artists. I realized this was actually who I was really, who I was, you know, that what they were doing and being able to just paint stuff from kind of inside of you you know to have have an opportunity to do that was like oh my gosh you know this is what I want to be doing so and I loved being in the in the studios the fine art studios and so I went and um saw the tutors and took some of my 
graphic design work um, to them, and they said, "Yeah, you can you can join this course, but you'll have to go back a year and redo it because they wanted me to make the most of it. You know, they didn't want me to just have one little year and uh, and and then have to go. So I ended up going back and doing this extra year and doing two years of fine art, and they were like just finding my home. I mean, it was it was incredible." how it felt and the tutors were so encouraging to me it was like the entire opposite of what I'd been coping with on the graphic design course they were so like overwhelmingly encouraging and I couldn't believe it you know I couldn't believe what I was hearing and it was like a sort of massive affirmation that I was doing the right thing and I was in the place I should be so anyway Mm. I did those two years and got a good degree and um, you know loved what I was doing and found a place where I could express my love for the landscape and um and color and uh sort of developed a bit of a a direction i suppose in my style as an artist as well you know what was me and um and then after i left after i graduated and um i thought it would be great to kind of find somewhere we could have a like artist studios but but then some of the realities of life you know were cropping up again like um having to find somewhere to live and pay rent and (laughs) um so it it just kind of dropped off a bit you know I felt like it was a bit of another another sort of a time of disillusion and wondering what it was all about and um having to work in shops again you know and work in fruit and vegetable shop and a photocopying shop and um so I did all of that, and uh, whilst Mark was still painting and decorating, and after a couple of years, because the studio idea didn't really work out, you know, we I think all of us just had to try and find somewhere else to go, you know, mm. it was unsustainable really, I guess. I mean, it was a typical studio we did find. It had holes in the ceiling and mould <laughs> growing in the toilet and... <laughs> like cold wind blowing through the, oh, <laughs> the rug. <rough>. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, so after that, yeah, after these sort of awful jobs, again, I think Mark and I both came to this separate, actually, separate conclusion that we wanted to do a postgraduate course and, and train to become art teachers. I think we just both felt like there was a real need within us to take this to other people to sort of draw it out of other people you know to to draw creativity out of other people and to encourage mm. young people um to to do this amazing thing it started to, be, to feel more like um a vocation i suppose you know to to want to share that and to to allow other people to empower people um, to draw out something that I think is actually part of what it is to be a human being, to be creative. Mm. Um, and so we both trained, we got on to, uh, to do a PGCE at Exeter University, and um, we were part of a small group, it was probably about 13 or 14 of us, I think, who were training to be art teachers. And we had this amazing year of um, Filling it, well, I, for me, it filled all the kind of gaps of my education. I'd had a really crappy art education. And, <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to hear that. <laughs> They're not asking you to fill a, a recommendation on the brochure. 
well, my degree was good, you know, that that was great, but anything before that, anything leading up to that, I just thought was a bit useless, really. You okay. know, it really hadn't taught me very much. So this PGCE was um, a, a great filling in of a lot of those gaps, and it was a hugely inspiring course and a tutor and quite an emotional thing as well for a lot of people. I think a lot of people had felt as though their art education had not, done what it could have done you know it hadn't drawn things out and some of us were interviewed by one of the visiting tutors and he pretty much probably half of us ended up in tears because it was like a sort of grief you know it was like mm. grieving what we hadn't had um but anyway so that was a year of teaching training mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of i just had this I don't know how where it came from really, but just this massive sense that we were that Mark and I were going to be moving to Oxford from Exeter, having spent a long time there um, as students and being part of this amazing community and this church and got to know some wonderful people and who'd really guided us and um, looked after us and uh, and but we felt like we needed to to move on and and find another place. Now, when you said you had a strong sense, was that a was that a spiritual thing for you, or was that just sort of a, a gut feeling, or you know what it, what was that about? Yeah, I think it was a kind of a gut feeling. In a way, I feel like gut feelings are spiritual. You know, it's mm -hmm. all it all feels like it's the same thing, really. To be yeah, that sounds a bit vague, doesn't it? But no, I think no, no, I, I, that's fine. I think it is. I think God has sort of led, you know, led us, you know, and whether that's because we, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, it, it was just a very strong feeling that we would end up in Oxford. And we applied for jobs in other places as well. It wasn't like we were kind of putting all our eggs in one basket. Um, you were so just inspired it, to go live in such an affordable city, right? <laughs> yeah. Little did we know <laughs> we're letting ourselves in for actually, because that was another kind of nightmare. Yeah, that to unfold um, as we, as we, yeah, as we took those steps towards actually coming in and living in Oxford, that was a revelation. Yeah, the I imagine that. I imagine. Well, let me ask you this: as you guys moved into more proper, um, and when I say proper, I, I only mean sort of more. Um, more widely understood maybe roles as art teachers and I know you I know you've shown your work at a number of places and you've done a number of projects where even where I, I forget if it was called the art room or you did some sort of project where you would be trying to help students who were struggling yeah. um through different things is that like what what was that like doing those types of deals was that did you feel like you guys were still exercising your gifts well at that point yeah well I think I think Becoming teachers allowed us to exercise another kind of um, wing of being an artist. You know, it was a sort of another way of channeling some creativity into a, another place for other people. And but I felt like, for me, it was um, there was a compromise as well. There was a sort of sense of, and and I still had this continuing sense as I had as a child of 
oh, I just want to play. I just want to be an artist. I just want to do, I just want to be an artist. You know, why can't I be an artist? Why do I have to be doing this thing that means I have to earn money and, and be practical and have a job? And, you know, why? But so it was like a, a frustration, I suppose, a sort of driving frustration and a sense of that, yeah, that, that still felt like it wasn't happening. Hmm. So, well, let me, um, I like the, uh, I like the connection there between, um, the art and the wanting to create, I actually, you wanted to play and I've, I've heard a friend tell me that, you know, recreation is this idea of recreating, you know, there is this, yeah. um, there's a definite connection there and creativity and play, but, um, I, I do want to touch on, you know, you've kind of touched on a few things of we've kind of seen at least generally the sort of trajectory of your, of your development as an artist. And we could spend a week talking about all the different um, things about your art, which is, which is beautiful. And I hope that people at some point will, at the end of the show, we'll, we'll link up to your, your website or with anything else that you'd like to, to show folks. But um, entwined in all that, like you said, there's this other thread of your faith development along the way too. And, um, you know, Jody and I met you and Mark at church in Oxford. We had, we had visited the the church you were at, and um, and I'm we we were kind of talking about how did we actually meet them originally. We're not positive, but somewhere along the way, um, in church. And I just wonder. We'll kind of jump ahead here a little bit. We're probably skipping a few things, but um, you know, at least the church you were at was a pretty big. I don't know when we got there it wasn't as big when you were probably there, but what was that like attending? you know, being these artists and all of a sudden you're in this giant um, faith community. How did you guys kind of get drawn into that and what was that experience like? Well, we had been going to a, a local sort of um, Church of England kind of church in Oxford where we'd met some fabulous, lovely friends again who were sort of lifelong friends and brought us because we, we then started a family who had two children. Um, I'd given up my job as a teacher actually then to bring up the children because I just felt like I really wanted to do that. Um, and then we had been at that church for a while and felt like, mm, you know, feel like there's more that we need to get involved in somehow that some more, I don't know, freedom, mm. more of sort of free expression of our faith, I suppose. And we'd, we'd kind of um, heard about the vineyard for a long time. We'd been, uh yeah anyway we we did end up going there and the first first time the first sunday we went there it was a massive church hmm. and there was a huge there was like a, a call for artists it was like huh. i think brenton brown was there and he was part of all of this and he said um you know we just really want people you know we've, it was like there was a sense that there was going to be a bit of a uh, revival of the arts in all ways and and there were people who started kind of writing poetry who'd never written poetry before and people were writing songs and so on this Sunday you know it was like you know please feel free to stand up if you feel that you're one of those people that you want more to to be happening in your creative life and um and so I was you know and I felt like oh my gosh this is like it's my birthday you know this <laughs> what to be landing in this place where this was the the sort of theme of the day, you know, this was the thing that was happening. So literally you're showing up and you're feeling like I'm wanted here. Like the gifts that I have are being called. 
like valued and being called out to be exercised. That is exactly it. It was like they were being valued. And I think that's the nub of it all is that throughout my life, you know, there'd been this sense of like, does anybody care about this? Hmm. This, you know, does anybody care that I want to be an artist? And that was a, a, yeah, one of a number of times when it felt like affirmation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I am. It is fascinating that for, for I think most people, um, whether or not they vocalize it or not, this deep need for, for affirmation for the, not just our surface accomplishments that everybody sort of acknowledges is the way that the world keeps score of who's doing well and who's not. But there is this, mm-hmm. seems to be this deep need for folks that for affirmation of their character and who they, who they're, who they are in their spirit and their heart. And, um, you know, this need of like, is it okay to freely express myself or do I have to filter it for the world? You know, um, it's, it's interesting. It's almost, it sounds almost similar to what you described your father's, um, mm. desire for and faith, you know, like the, you were talking about your dad wanting to see faith that came alive in real life and not just in books or ideas, but that it had some sort of expression that resonated in daily life. So that's sort of interesting to see that. Yeah. Um, so what was that like? I know that, um, you know, you so you're connected. You and Mark and and your boys, who who we love, um, <laughs> we think your kids are amazing, um, and they're artists themselves in in different ways, right? Um, I know Eden's rocking out in the free world. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I think I saw a uh, video recently, and he was. I mean, he's really getting after it to a to a volume and speed I couldn't keep up with, but uh, um, but he's good at it. He's very good at it, but. Um, yeah, so you guys are tied into the church community, and I'm I'm interested in that dynamic because um, you sort of started sort of an awareness of God, but you get drawn into a faith community through university or through the Christian Union, I think you said, and mm-hmm. and you and Mark have sort of stayed connected in some ways over the years, but now you're fully being drawn in, like just straight invited to be who you are in church, and it sounded like it was everything was going well, um, and then. Um, Maybe you can explain a little bit, generically at least, kind of the dynamic of what happens when a a megachurch, you know, becomes not a megachurch or not as massive of a place anymore. How does that affect your faith journey? I mean, it was a long time. We were, th- you know, this was, I suppose, over the course of a number of years. So when we were there to start with, I, I guess there were a good two or three, maybe more years. I, I don't know the exact dates of when things happened but I know that there were a good few years where it felt like a sort of um, a honeymoon period maybe you know things were really flourishing it was like everything was was good and then some things happened I don't know some decisions were made I don't know what caused it but people just started leaving there was alterations to the way church was going to be conducted like you know what time we were going to meet together and stuff like that and it was I think it just caused a lot of people to question what they were there for and yeah why they were part of it and what they needed for their own families or their own faith journey um for Mark and I I think we just felt like well you know we're we're here now so let's just stay with it you know I think we're both quite um tenacious people who tend to see it through to the bitter end kind of thing you know (laughs) we just commit ourselves to things and even if it's going badly 
we still think, well, you know, we need to stay with it. We need to stick with this. And maybe we might be needed or helpful or here we maybe we can encourage people. I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe we just don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> what the reason was. But we just mm. felt it was the right thing to kind of stick with it and stay through what was quite a tricky time for everybody, especially the leaders of the church who I think, you know, went through a massive amount of hurt and and stuff which you know has been well documented and spoken about and um you know and but yeah there were lot there was lots of fallout from all of the stuff that was going on well how does that affect your own your own faith journey um because i know even here in the states it's not you know we have we're sort of um we're really good at making really big churches and um, and then we're also really good at complaining about things here too. So, I mean, but, um, but we have so many big churches, people just tend to bounce around. If they don't like one, they switch over to the next. And, um, but you know, what did that do to, uh, and maybe it didn't have a big impact, but did that have impact, I guess, on, on your, uh, faith experience, like how you experience God and what that just sort of, what does that do to your, do to you on a faith journey? Well, I suppose, um, Part of what it does is sort of, um, I, I guess it's a bit like, you know, putting something through a purifying process or a fire, you know, or it's, um, it does tend to make you think, well, I can't depend on things at church. I can't depend on other people to make me feel feel better today or to whatever I don't know you know I can't rely on anything other than maybe I just need to rely on this creative being that we call God maybe that is what I need to be really focusing on here you know it was Mm. I guess in some ways it did that but it I mean it did uh it was hard you know because it just felt like oh why are we doing this every sunday you know it just started to feel like just hard work um and almost like flogging things (laughs) (laughs) you know um and uh, yeah you start to question why yeah why are we carrying on doing this And, and i think we got to a point um which i don't think was necessarily to do with all of that Mm. but i think we personally got to a point where we felt like we couldn't do this church thing anymore. It was, and it so wasn't, it wasn't even about that church particularly. It was just this dynamic of the institutional church. What, what is that doing within our faith journey? How's, how do we express our own faith and local yeah. community and all that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I felt like we, cause we'd done this, we'd been doing this massive building project as well, which was another, I mean, that's a whole other story, Okay. Uh, but you know, building this, house which we felt was part of our um our purpose as well um and something that needed to be done it was more you know it was like a place we just needed to live in a place where we had we were we wanted to be part of nature and the rhythms of nature and light and open space and space to practice as artists and so we've been doing this project as well as this um you know alongside that but i think we just got to a point with with church so we yeah so we'd moved into a community um where into this village 
um, just outside of Oxford, which we felt we wanted to be part of that community and the people in that community. And it just started to feel as though we were driving into the city to try and build up a community over there that we weren't really part of. You know, it wasn't our place um, where our focus was really. And so that began to feel a bit disjointed and a bit, you know, not quite right. And um, But it also felt as though, and I think it's probably me in particular, I don't know, I was probably a few, a little bit further on in this kind of revelation, I suppose, the mark, but I just, I thought I really need freedom. You know, I just felt like I needed the freedom to, like having fresh air to breathe. I just didn't want to be going to a, a sort of institution, um, for want of a better, a better word, mm-hmm. which was telling me how to, conduct my faith you know that uh that was saying you have to do this in this way you have to this is how you worship god this is how you express Hmm. well it sounds like it would have almost been a i mean you've walked that journey before right if you have this art this artistic drive and heart inside of you that for years it's sort of like hey is it okay for me to just express this freely is <laughs> to like, wait, now it's almost like that parallel journey within your own faith of God. It's, hey, is it okay for me to just engage this? Like how my heart wants to walk with God or become more aware of him or something. Mm-hmm. And I might be stretching that, but maybe that's what, that's what I was hearing. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's just one of those things where you feel like, um, there there's, there's more, to this somehow that I'm and I'm being hemmed in you know it's like a feeling of being hemmed in and and in a I mean it sounds like a bit of a cliche but it was a bit like being a sort of caged bird you know Hmm. um and I so just wanted to see what it was like to like were we going to be okay if we didn't go to a church you know were we still going to be able to pursue the possibility of their of God existing and you know all of this stuff that we'd learned about was 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 that for real so mm. please can we just try it you know it was like I just wanted to try it and see because you hear so many stories of oh you mustn't you know mustn't leave the fold and you you know the coals lose their heat when they come away from the fire <laughs> and all of that stuff and I just thought I don't believe that yeah. I really don't believe that you know I just think well, let's have a go. <laughs> yeah. No, and this is why I really, you know, I, I don't know if I told it to you this way, but it's one of the reasons I really wanted to just kind of you share a conversation with you with some of my friends here because um, you're, you know, Mark, I can, it's watching you guys over the years. It's just really encouraging to see you guys, your willingness to sort of engage the true questions of your heart. Um, not just only with your faith, but then even over the past few years, I see you kind of engaging, you know, society and issues in our world and um, just asking the big questions. And um, and maybe that's a good place for us to just kind of touch here for a second. Um, you know, what are the, you know, you've been testing the edges of your faith about, been on this passion of discovering, you know, what God is like or what, um you know, sort of your role in the world. I mean, what is what are the questions that you've been asking these days, or that you wish more people were talking about? Mm. Um, I think. Well, I I just wish it was. What is the truth? You know, what is the truth? 
I wish we could ask those sorts of questions. What's what is the truth, mm-hmm. and how how can we be how can we be the best version of ourselves so that we can properly find our place in the world? You know, what is it we're meant to be doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're getting kind of deep, all right? You're getting a little bit existential here. Sort of, you become a philosopher as well, eh? Yeah, part time. <laughs> I'm a philosopher, psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, have you guys? What's a, what's the experience been like with your face since you've sort of stepped into? Because I see this happen in you know in the states here too, where you know, we go to a church that's um, sort of a little bit of a distance away because that's where we first were connected to people. And then you find yourself not even meeting the neighbors or spending any time with the people that you actually live directly with and around. Um, and we even had that experience in the opposite direction with schooling. When we were when we were living in Oxford, um, you know, we were so excited when our kids, they started off in sort of a rough school situation and our older two were able to come out to, to Incham where you guys were and um, to Bartholomew, which was such a lovely school. Um, but we weren't really a part of the community either because we were living back in Oxford. And so it was sort of, you know, what's it, how has it actually played out for you? You know, this exploration, this kind of risk you guys have taken to take your faith or your developing faith out into, um, your more direct local community. Well, I mean, I, I'd say it's been amazing because I don't feel like there's a sort of, agenda it's not like we're trying to um do anything or convert anybody or tell anybody that we think we've got any answers i just feel like we we just wanted to be part of the community and actually what it does is it makes you realize how amazing everybody else is and that maybe they've got something you know that to learn from other people to learn and support each other as a community rather than having this I feel like it's just a massive, lovely sense of being part of humanity, mm. you know, human beings, rather than this thing where there are Christians trying to get other people to become Christians. I just don't, I don't kind of get that really anymore. You know, I just think that's not really what it's about. It's about trying to be... Uh, trying to be human beings together you know what can we do together how can we encourage each other how can we serve each other how can we help each other how can we bring the best out in each other Mm. um and it's yeah I'd, i'd say it's just been a really fantastic few years of not being part of it and that sounds that's not to say that being part of a church wasn't amazing because it was you know and and I still feel that we are because I feel like my experience of what I meet what I think of as church is just being part of a community of people Hmm. Um, and some of those have a you know a deep faith in in God and some of them have faith in other things and some of them you know so so I still feel that there's that real that I am part of a church. I'm part of the big church. Hmm. Capital C like, church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hear you describing a couple of things. I hear you describing life, like this idea of wanting to live a full life and um, having an opportunity to experience sort of um, almost like treasures of life that you maybe weren't exposed to before when you're sort of locked into a maybe a little bit more of an us and them uh, mentality. Um, is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think it, it is. It's like going out into the wide open spaces hmm. and seeing everything. You know, seeing there's so much more beyond the structure of hmm. you know the type of churches that we have or the yeah. There's just it's just a sort of real sense of wow. This is a big, wide, massive world, and I want to get you know experience as much of it as possible and um be yeah yeah and it doesn't dismiss like you said it doesn't um it's not a devaluing of the of the places or experiences you've had before it's just that you feel like you're being called into a maybe a little bit of a broader space to um experience some of those landscapes that you've felt um enamored by for so many years um to wander out into those landscapes and see if God is in fact real, if it is in fact truth, then then it seems like you would feel secure that He's going to be there, be there also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I've found, you know. But I have also found doubts as well, and you know that's been kind of pretty amazing. Been amazing. Hear. The doubts have been amazing. Well, yeah, really, you know, it's kind of devastating, but um, but very important as well to sort of admit to those things and to be able to, to you know ask those um those in dare to ask those questions you know even the one does god even exist you know just like <laughs> uh and i found it really amazing to listen to all sorts of different people talking about this stuff you know i think there's a real wave of it happening um with uh i guess you know Pete Rollins and the liturgists and uh, Rob Bell and you know all these people who have so much interesting stuff to say that widen out it's like they're widening our horizons um, you know we're able to look beyond what we already know and to question and you know, ask really big questions hmm. and I you can only do that when you are very sure of some, it's like you're sure of something, but you want to you want to test it, and you have to be brave, don't you, to test those things? Yeah, you're you're uh, you're touching on the the heartbeat of this show. I know is that you know if you don't perfect love drives out fear, and um, mm. if you're afraid of the questions, I think it's impossible to love anything you're afraid of, and that includes God. Mm. So if you're afraid of asking God questions, I think it's going to it's really going to stymie your experience of of exploration and adventure of what all is out there because you're just afraid you're going to, um, yeah, it's just the fear <laughs> it will really stunt your, stunt your growth. So no, I, I'm, I, my heart beats with that. Although, and I'd love to talk with Pete in the near future, but Pete, um, it's hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll send him a little invite, see if he can come on and, and um, help me understand uh, what, what he's saying sometimes. So, <laughs> Allie, um, just really enjoyed this conversation. I, I, I'm obviously Jody and I love you guys, and we would enjoy talking with you guys forever um, over some, uh, yeah, strawberries and cream or something like that, uh, looking over the fields. But um, I'm a cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of your art, is there anything? Um, um, well, we'll, we'll shoot people to your website if you'd like for that to happen. And, um, is there anywhere else is, we can just maybe direct them to your Facebook page or something? Cause I know you're, you enjoy conversations with folks, but, um, yeah. there might be some, um, artists out there listening that, 
just the idea that there's other folks out there that are artists that have been on this journey of faith and exploration might enjoy um, trying to connect with you somewhere along the way. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have got, um, I'm on Instagram. So okay. I do quite a lot on Instagram as Dulcie O'Brien. So that's my name on Instagram. And um, I do have a blog, which I've started to try and revive a bit recently. So if anybody wants to kind of, you know, read it and comment and, you know, have a conversation, that would be great. Okay, great. Well, Ali, this has been lovely. And um, uh, I hope the next time we talk, it's me and Jody out there visiting your guys' living room, looking over the fields. So oh, <laughs> We miss you. Oh. Well, we will talk soon, okay? Yeah, great. All right, cheers. Nice to talk to you.